This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. This is the MBSP. Welcome back, everybody. Brandon Worth joined with Joe Nagy and Barrett Jones, fellas. We're back together again. How's it been going? I mean, I've been sucking at Clash Royale today. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're I'm back on the Clash lie. Royale grind? Oh, yeah, I'm back on the grind. I had to re-download it. It's a lot of pain because I'm not at my old spot where I used to be because I got a new phone and I forgot my like game center or whatever login. That's so tough. So I got to restart at the start. That's tough, you know? That's 5,600 trophies down the drain. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is... But it's tough. Lot. I mean, you got to climb the ladder now. Yeah, it's really easy though now because like I, I know how to play the game. Yeah. Play, oh, so now you're smurfing. Not by choice. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you could say, but not by choice. Hmm. Controversy, to say the least. No, I'm just kidding. I th- I can't get my account back. Uh, I mean. Regardless, let's talk sports. <laughs> yes, of course. We got the first aid sports report. Maybe some Clash Royale advice. Who knows where this show's going to go at this point. Um, and then followed by some NFL and MLB. But first, we have an exclusive interview with Ferris State Volleyball's Katie O'Connell. So without further ado, let's send you to the interview. Join in studio now, Katie O'Connell, senior volleyball player at Ferris State University. Katie. Welcome back to the studio once again. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Always, always great to have you. But last weekend was senior day, uh, as well as the last regular season game ever in Awa Glaben Arena. Uh, what were some of the emotions going through uh, your head as it might be the last time you get to play a game there? Yeah, it was definitely bittersweet. We had a lot of conversations and celebrations about it before. We just have so many memories, practices, games, and just everything happened in that gym so it was a little bittersweet to know that that was our last regular season game there yeah sure. and, I, and i mean especially for the seniors i mean you nina samantha brooke uh, audrey as well like just the fact that it's like all coming full circle like this is finally the last road at home and i mean really you'll have possibly a chance to play there again in the postseason mm-hmm. which is always nice but i mean like just how has it felt like being with this group of girls through the four years and just like coming through those moments on Sunday and really just reflecting? Yeah, it was special. I think we've grown so much together over the years. So just to have that celebration was really fun and really special to do it with the team and with each other. For sure. And as well as celebrating Senior Day, uh, many alumni came to send off the arena. I mean, you called it home for 41 seasons. What was it like seeing all the players that came before you that helped build the program to what it is today and kind of really built the legacy of Ferris State Volleyball? It was awesome. There were so many alumni there, coaches, players, and just hearing them cheers and hearing their stories about what they went through in that gym and how much it meant to them and how much the Ferris State Volleyball program meant to them in general. So that was super cool to see the other perspectives and how timeless that gym really was yeah and i mean especially now like in a time of what it seems like changes everywhere in the athletic department i mean new athletic director getting the new cap building coming in um hopefully very soon seems like something's a little delayed with that project (laughs) and it's starting to get me a little antsy i don't know how about you feel about katie but i'd like to see a new volleyball stadium and a new weight room and a new nutrition center like tomorrow (laughs) that would be epic (laughs) that'd be ideal yeah that would be sweet especially for you guys to like be able to cherish it because i mean like you guys have put your heart in sold for four years and 
and really we've like Joe said it's been 40 years since we've had something new like this but I mean how does it make you feel that the the, the university's paying back to a lot of the athletic programs and giving in this new um, this new experience with the new building it's great it's honestly something every student athlete and everyone that's ever worked for Ferris Athletics deserves finally to have the facilities that are up to date and allow everyone to compete at the highest level like they've been doing and just to have the facilities to back that is really exciting and I'm excited to see the growth of Ferris in the future. Mm-hmm. And with the weekend, it's reminding everyone of so many beginnings and endings uh, on the Ferris State campus. What are some of your favorite memories of playing in the Bulldog uniform as well as in the arena? Ooh, there's so many. I feel like just any time we get to be in there as a team, like practices, we just have so many goofy moments or moments where we're competing against each other and just games too. We've had a lot of a lot of games there, a lot of conference championships won there. So I think those are probably some of the most special moments. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, beating Grand Valley at home yeah. always down, is a baby. good one. Anchored always helps. Down. Anchored down. But, I mean, speaking of them, they're going to be coming up here shortly, up, coming up this week. I mean, what's the what's the idea, mindset going into this week? It's a pretty tough week in the conference schedule. Yeah, so we have a big week. Hillsdale tomorrow, Grand Valley on Friday. We're just focused on one game at a time and getting 1% better each day. We have a couple practices to get ready for Grand Valley, so we're just going to take the time, work on our side, and get the game plan ready for Friday and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And the last five games, the season they're all going to be on the road it'll be the longest away stand that you guys had so far uh how do you kind of deal with the added busyness that road trips make uh, throughout the week and kind of throughout the school year uh, especially with your schoolwork starting to pick up a little bit more i mean midterms are kind of on the wind down but that's been uh, going on and also you trying to graduate soon how do you kind of just deal with all that stuff yeah so tia is really helpful in making sure that we're proactive in all our schoolwork. we let our professors know at the beginning of the year and then when the travel's coming up that we're going to miss class or writing in our planners about assignments so we're just we're a very studious group too so always doing homework on the bus or helping each other out yes like try it. to be yeah it's definitely like i know personally like you have the the mindset of like yeah i can do this on the road but actually doing it oh it's so hard so yeah. kudos to you guys for actually sitting down and doing it because <laughs> i know i've i've failed that so many miserable so miserable times but anyway i mean right now this offense you guys have had has been nothing unstoppable i mean obviously you have been a huge part of that and what has necessarily been the the key for you guys to be able to hit well hit more efficiently and really just be able to pound on some of these teams that have really been good defensively this year yeah I think a big part of that is our setter Kaylee Mott like she's Mm -hmm. doing such a great job the passes aren't always perfect but she's getting good balls to our hitters um, specifically our middles they're Mm -hmm. being able to run in not perfect situations which tricks up the other team's defense because they have to stay with them and it creates a lot of holes for our pins on the outside so really creating openings there and everyone's has a lot of power in their swing so that definitely helps yeah and especially with you graduating pretty soon, and you're also with Senior Day, a lot of it reminds us a lot of uh, the players that are going to be graduating and leaving. So I mean, Sam Herman, Nina Gorgievsky. What's kind of the approach now uh, for you guys being leaders, just kind of leading the team to be able to take over where you guys left off and kind of have it where you're not really worried where this program's going to go once you guys uh, call your time here. Yeah, I think that's like the cool thing about Ferris is like that culture and that excellency is already built in. So we're fortunate to be a small part of it, and that's proceed like following us in the future too so they're in really good hands we're just working on trying to help each other out through this next period of time and just keep getting better yeah and i mean we've had not only like the the seniors and a lot of the upperclassmen have been contributing so a lot of the younger classmen have been doing just as well i mean olivia just to name one uh, kiona as well a lot of a lot of youth 
that is bringing a lot of promise to the program. I mean, what has been able to, um, what are some of the things that you've passed on to them as far as teaching and what they're they're looking forward to and what's helped them be successful already this year? Yeah, I think all of our underclassmen, the freshmen and sophomores, they're such a competitive and talented bunch. Like every single one of them could be on the court playing. So just having that mindset and this is like everyone's pretty much first regular normal season mm-hmm. with conference and playoffs. So kind of just being there and like answering questions, guiding them through that if we can. But they're such a talented group. I couldn't like say more about them because they make this team. Mm-hmm. For sure. And for my last question, it's kind of going back to with other game play. The team has swept nine out of the last 11 opponents. And I know I've talked to Coach T and she says she doesn't really like to focus on streaks. You know, the team doesn't really want to focus. They just want to focus on being in the moment. But what's been the focus for the team with such strong performances so far and being able to finish strong for the late end, later end of the season? Yeah, really just taking it one game at a time, one practice at a time. Before each game, we kind of have our scout, we have our game plan, we know what we need to execute on the offense and defense, so we've been really focused and deliberate in that, and I think that's kind of shown through the games, like you said. Yeah, I really I really do, I know I've said this before on the show, but now that Katie's here, I really wanted to put it, I really love how you guys have been able to ignore that noise, because I swear, it has been some of the most loudest things in the volleyball circles, like this team's... They've won seven in a row. They've skipped 25 straight sets, and you guys have been like, oh, 21 sets next in game row, up, like, three games, like, let's go. It's really not been a, a problem. Like, what are some of the things that you guys do to be able to really ignore a lot of that stuff and just be able to do that execution of game plan of one set at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time? Yeah, a lot of that comes from practice. We're practicing at a high intensity and competing with each other. Like, we're some of the best competition we play in practice, so we know that. And then just focusing on our side of the net, like even during games, it doesn't really matter if they have a sweet kill on the other side. We know we're going to get our own and we're going to weather the storm and get that win. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Katie. We really appreciate you taking time out of your, out of your day, the busy week that's going to be coming up ahead. But thank you so much. Thanks for having me again, guys. Once again, thank you so much to Katie O'Connell for coming to the studio. Got a busy week ahead of her, especially with the later part of the season coming up for the volleyball team. But what better way to start the Ferris State Sports Report than hopping right into volleyball. Volleyball had a pretty good weekend. Got the sweep on senior day and uh, just a great great weekend overall. I mean, we only won one set out of the six or out of the seven that we had to play, but it was a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I mean, being able to take down a very valuable opponent in Northwood who has been a great team so far this year and then obviously Lake Superior today on senior day. Um, great way to end the last weekend of regular season play in Inglewood or even really. And we just talked about that throughout the interview, 41 years of this building and it's finally, its history will come to an end with the new building coming in very very soon. And, I mean, everybody's been playing great. I mean, the offense has been absolutely lights out, especially on the outsides, like we just mentioned, um, with part of that team just really being efficient on the offensive side. And they've really done a great job of attacking and converting in such a just a plethora of ways. I mean, they've been able to really just kill teams. Yeah, you see what I did there? Um, on the outsides and still play smart on the defensive side. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at, a high-powered offense that just continues on rolling. And we've really just been able to control the tempo, play our game, and really nothing short of just great volleyball so far from this team. Yeah, and I think it, you mentioned like multiple ways of attack that this team has. Like We have the outside hitters with Katie. You guys just interviewed there. Um, you know She's been phenomenal the past five years. Of course, she originally was a center before transferring to the outside hitting uh, position, but that was uh, with interviews we've had with Coach 
Tia throughout the year. She's talked about how she earned that position to be outside there and, and swinging heavy through. But really, I mean, a lot of it comes from, uh, I mean, Nina and, and Kaylee Ma, the, the setter here on the inside. I mean, she is probably, I mean, I don't know what the assist record is for Fair State Volleyball. She's, 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 she's going to she's going to get, I mean, she's she, a freshman this year. But. Right, yeah. I think she's like, yeah, freshman in some kind of capacity due to COVID, so like technically a sophomore, but is a freshman on paper. So, I mean, I, it'd be a shock if after she's done through here that she is somehow not uh, at the top of, of the assist leaders because she seems to just collect them every year, I mean, or every match. Well, and that like not only that, like she does a really good job of like when she needs to attack with like with setting, she'll do it. Like she'll little little, yeah, a little, little sneak, little, she'll a little, little sneak little, over. She'll do like twelve or f- twelve or thirteen times in a row where she'll just do it regular, and then she'll find like not even looking, which is crazy. She just has that vision to be able to just pop it right over. Yeah, and she'll just find a spot where like no one's at, which I super impressive because she doesn't even look like she's looking for that. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't here. I, I mean, for the Northwood match, I wish I got to see that because that was going to be supposedly supposedly for Legacy Week uh, was going to be like the match everyone wanted to watch. Um, that pretty good watch. And I mean, you saw we only dropped a, a set there, which was phenomenal because I feel like that in the spring uh, during the mini COVID season, that was like the team I felt like right up there with Grand Valley. Um, that was like a team that was really good, and so for us to. You know, especially how young we are. I mean, we graduate. We had five seniors we sent away, four that are playing, one as a manager. Um, for us to be so young and still be consistent, uh, I think it is really cool, and it's going to be really exciting for this team when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's there's really like the biggest thing we just were talking about with Katie is like there's no holes really. Like there are young there's young talent that is ready to fill those roles once these seniors leave. And I mean we're seeing nothing but greatness from them. I mean Kiona Salesman had she had a fourteen point five point performance against Northwood in what was pretty much one of this the biggest matches on the stretch probably outside of, you know, obviously the anchor bone part two. But I mean, there's just been so much great fill-in power that this young core has brought and and we've really been efficient on the offensive side and I mean right like we've taken care we've taken advantage of a lot of teams making mistakes and we did that against Northwood especially early on in the first sets I mean we really we really took care of that I mean they had 11 errors and we 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 didn't even look back in that set winning by 11 and I mean we got tripped up in the second set but bounced back really well in the last two sets even though we didn't play as well as the first set and we still have found ways to grind out games and continue the train rolling in disregard how many games we've won in a row. It matters the one match at a time, that match at that time, and one set at a time. And you just keep on winning, and that's what this yeah, team is sure. And, I mean, we saw, like, how deep we are able to go uh, when we played Kalamazoo earlier in the week on Wednesday. Like, I don't think Katie maybe played, like, the first half of the first set, maybe. Yeah. Same with Sam. And after that, it was mainly just all the young girls going, going in, and we were able to see, like, we're pretty dominant when we're able to have – those girls come in and I mean that's one thing we like to see especially with the later season coming on is if by some chance someone gets injured maybe or, or if someone gets injured then we won't really be worried if we gotta put someone else in because they'll be able to do the job uh, just as good if not better yeah experience is important yeah I, I think Tia's also done a phenomenal job like last year you really couldn't have that opportunity to put young people in um, I, I think just because of how things were it was such a short season that there was really no margin for error uh, when it came to these games. Not saying that you can give up one of these games, but you can probably give up a set here or two just to just to see how the young core works together. Because as you mentioned, like eventually they're going to be leaving here soon uh, for next year, and like 
it's better to have experience now than throw them right into the fire uh, next season. So, but yeah. I think that's one thing she's done. Uh, she being Coach Tia has done a really good job this year about about integrating the young core uh, within the, like the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, this team has done a phenomenal job, and they really have done an amazing job, especially with Coach Tia putting this program together, and it's just been dominant for it's it's countless years from now. I mean, we've really done an amazing job. I mean, right now sitting at 17-4, and 8-2 and two in conference play at top of the table, and touching our fingers together, um, going into it. postseason, so going to be super fun. I mean, we're 10-1 and one at home. That's a pretty that's a pretty dominant stand in Englewood. I mean, not only losing one game, at Engelgleben, I mean, really has been a huge, a huge part of this this culture. I mean, we've been able to take care of it at home and just to send it off in the way that we've been able to to dominate at that or at the arena for countless years. I mean, it was just perfect on Sunday, seeing all the alumni come back, seeing that dominant performance against Lake State, and just keep it moving. On. And we're just hoping that it continues throughout the rest of the year, and then maybe we'll be back in postseason, depending on what um, seating we'll get. I mean, obviously, right now, with our guesses, I mean, obviously, we're going to have a pretty good chance at where we're sitting right now. But, I mean, we keep the hitting percentage up. I mean, right now, we're averaging around 244 this season, which is pretty solid so far, considering that's a whole season-long stat. But I guarantee, over the last 10 and 11 games, it seems like it's definitely gotten up towards three or higher, which is an incredible feat for a volleyball team. But, I mean, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a little bit of a tough schedule here on deck, a little non-conference action over at Hill, or, excuse me, Hillsdale, a former GLIAC foe, on Tuesday at 7 p.m., and then Grand Valley State on Friday anchor at down, 3 p.m. Anchor down, hopefully part two. Um, maybe could considerably part three with the sport we're going into now, football. I mean, Barrett, you got to see it for yourself. Dog dominance reigns once again over in Michigan Tech. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a long drive, but those guys got up there a, a day early, and then uh, kind of us being part of the media, we came up there uh, just following basically a day behind. But uh, I mean, this team, I I haven't you know wasn't didn't have the opportunity last year, obviously with COVID, to follow a team. Um, just because of due to regulations and stuff like that, but to follow this team and to to show like or to see them come out here, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was cold. It was kind of gross at the start. Um, you know, it was kind of a slower game, but for or slower like kind of warm up, it felt like. But it's, I mean, twenty nine seconds in, we're throwing a touchdown into mm-hmm. the wind. Yep, no less to to score. So, um, I I mean, this team is is, is special. I think Coach Anise recognizes it too. Uh, within all these these pregame speeches and, and stuff like that, I think he recognizes like, oh, this is uh, this is a team that could probably go all the way. But I think right now he's focusing on we have Northern this week coming up. Northern Michigan, it'll be our uh, our final home game, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. No, so. we play uh, we Wayne State at home. We have That's Wayne State. Yeah. Well. Wayne State at home. Wait, okay. It's our first, it's it's our first home game in like a month. It's we've crazy. Been, we've been away for so like exactly. for so long. So it'll be it'll be cool. Halloween weekend. Uh, it's going to Northern be Michigan and it's North, going to be buzzing. Northern Michigan actually played Grand Valley Only fairly like close. close. I know you haven't not <coughs> you're going to do the uh, Gleex score scoreboard, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll shoot uh, that out. Yeah, but I, that game was close. Like we were watching that at halftime and we were mm-hmm. kind of stunned, you know, but um yeah, Mich- you know, Michigan Tech like that's actually going to be I feel like a team that's actually going to be good. Like mm-hmm. they are good, but you know, there's Michigan Tech good and then there's Ferris State good. Mm-hmm. Um that team is young, like the offensive line and the quarterback is young. But um, they're actually pretty decent. But I mean, the defense legit balled out. Like two red zone back to back defensive possessions, they stopped them uh, in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Fourth down, turnover on downs. Like 
it, it's ridiculous to see these guys just run around and fly around, make plays, and uh, and just be so sound. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, like it's gonna be super exciting. Like Northern Michigan, I've had a blast covering the team, going with them and stuff like that. So, but it's it's really special, like especially coming back with we needed sports uh, after a year of not having them, and football's like. The I mean, big that, one. That's the yeah. It's the, the big, big one. one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like this defense has been absolutely phenomenal. It seems like, and I mean, it's it's really rolled over from the Grand Valley game. I mean, obviously the two red zone turnovers were absolutely pivotal in this game. Especially that forced fumble before halftime was really the momentum swing that carried us the rest of the way through. And just the fact that we were able to do that again just shows how Coach Hodges and this defense have really been just pounding it out and really been gritty with their backs against the wall. And that's huge when it comes to big games, especially when we're having these hopes of going all the way. Like we talked to guys like Malik Mitchell that it's one focus and it's McKinley at the end of the year and the last game of the D2 season. Like that's the focus and having that ability to make those plays defensively is going to be huge because you're not going to just be able to go into a game and outscore the opponent. Like that's not going to happen in a national championship game. I mean, we've seen so many college teams try to do that, <laughs> Oklahoma, excuse me, um, and just have come up short. So, um, no, no shade, Spencer Rattler. No, that's complete no, shade. But complete shade. I mean, Rattler. just being back. Oh, yeah, he's benched now. Uh, anyway, uh, second I mean, string. Second string. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now, like just going in, like Will Ark was a great guy on this Gliac. He was a, he was a prolific passer. Like in the first part of the year and they were wondering how we'd adjust him we shut him down he didn't even have 50 percent completion percentage i think he was held over under 150 yards and then bernhardt doing bernhardt things obviously 289 three touchdowns including 45 yards and a touchdown on the ground um tyler minor 81 yards on the ground with a touchdown as well and i mean just like you mentioned like it started from the get-go tyrese getting in the end zone early on in the first possession of the game really felt was it the first play it was, I think the, fir- it was the first play it was, yeah it was the first play yeah, yeah i mean that's just nuts i mean xavier wade with a long td on uh, i mean i think he had two on the day um i mean this there's so many playmakers on that offense that like just being able to see them continuing to make plays game after game the defense making stops when they need to i mean it's just it's just all coming together this is good complimentary football we're seeing from the bulldogs well i mean we've been able to hold our opponents I think it's only like 140 points so far this year mm-hmm. and if you yeah. take out the Saginaw Valley game which I think is a fluke for how our defense plays yeah just yeah. a lot of very sloppy play, football both if ways if we held them to maybe a touchdown or so we'd be holding our opponents to under 100 points so far this year like a 96 yeah. which mm-hmm. would be crazy compared to our 324 points that scored this so far this season which is incredibly like opposite which is right. Which is insane. Like you don't really see those numbers too much, but I think that's just one thing that's been able to like that we've been really able to pound away is just our defense has been so proficient. I'd say, and I think we're gonna really be seeing that against Northern Michigan because Grand Valley State against Northern Michigan, I don't think they have as strong of a defense in us. And once we once uh, the Wildcats come to top tier, it's gonna be really good, really good one for us to uh, to really put away and probably win big. Yeah, I mean, right now we have sole possession of first in the GLIAC, and I think we. I think if we I think if we win Saturday we clinch mm-hmm. um, because Wayne State's not in the contention like I, I I'm pretty sure how it would go is I think we have to win this weekend and then we'd be able to we at least clinch a share we at least cl- yeah clinch a share um, because the only other tiebreaker would assuming, be Grand Valley and that's assuming we're losing to Wayne State and the, Grand right, Valley's gonna win so. yeah right. right so but overall I mean I'm excited like sports sports are awesome basketball is like right around the corner which is nuts starts Wednesday. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll be going down there. So <laughs> we travel a trip to East Lansing. A little trip to East Lansing. To That'd be it. pretty yeah. cool. But Joe, uh, you want to do our GLIAC around the around sure, the conference? Sure. So, a couple of scores from around the GLIAC. Grand Valley State, like we said, barely beating out Northern Michigan, that was a 28 close to 24. Game. That was a pretty one, a uh, pretty good one to watch. Uh, Davenport beating the Northwood Timberwolves, 21 to 14. Northwood, I think, still is yet to win a football game so far this year. Hate no, I to think see they it. won one. Nope, 0 and 4 so far in the Gliac. Gliac, and then okay, they didn't win one at all. So, uh, wow. I think that oh, that's tough. Winless in uh, winless in Midland. Hate to see it. Yeesh. And then Saginaw Valley doing Saginaw Valley things. Forty-one twenty-five against Wayne State. Yeah, I would actually like to point out that um, after our meet, which I'll get to, of course, for the Cross Country Conference Championships, uh, I went over to meet with some family over in Saginaw, and they eventually um, got to go to the game um, as one of my family members, one of coaches there, and I was able to watch that uh, Wayne State Saginaw game. Um, that Saginaw that Saginaw team is better, I think, than a lot of people realize. That I think there's just a lot of times where they feel. Or they they just really have like stagnant times and they don't respond as well and they're they're not very great with execution. But Wayne State threw a curveball at them early on. They threw a, they threw some trick plays in there in the first half and kind of gave them a scare. I think they scored the first ten points of the game and then uh, Coach uh, Brady Squad obviously bounced back really well. But I think that they're I mean looking at Wayne State they rely a lot it seems like on big plays. So I'm not too concerned about them. But I mean when you look overall at like. How that Wayne State tried to attack them? They didn't. They only had a couple drives in them. So uh, did a little, a little little scouting report for them. I'm I'm not. I won't be surprised if that game ends in a blowout here at home. I don't think Wayne State's that great of an opponent overall. So there's my tidbit. There's my tidbit piece on that. Little tidbit. Wow. Yeah. Just crushing Wayne State athletics. Yeah. Sorry. I just hate kidding. to see it for Wayne State. They're just. I don't know. They just don't have that much firepower. You're so, good. But yeah, yeah. Tra- transitioning. I mean, it's true though. Transitioning, you did mention you were there in Saginaw for cross country championships. Absolutely. If you want to get to that, absolutely, Barry. I mean, the both teams performed very well, and I think we can confirm the rumors right now of the conditions on the course were less than swamp. ideal. Less it was than a, ideal. It was an absolute swamp. You, had to get, out you should there. have probably got the mud flaps on. Honestly, yeah. from the I picture mean, that you showed me, yeah, I mean, pretty nasty. They, they, it was just an, it was just crazy how much rain that they got in that meet, and I mean, it was just an insane meet. I mean, it was one of those that you, you know, you're gonna forget or you're gonna remember forever, just because. I mean, just the experience of, yeah, we're gonna be running through puddles for five miles. Yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna certainly be one that you remember forever. But the men's side, we got sixth. We were, we were preceded, I think, like eighth, and um, we did not like that at all and where our guys stepped up with a vengeance and we got sixth uh which was great i mean we had a lot of guys that performed yeah, yeah, really yeah. well dan Go hardesty dogs. led the charge um, excuse me noah griffith led the charge followed by dan hardesty and then um donis harris myself and kevin wilson who stepped up really well as a freshman rounded out our top five um uh, for the males that ended up getting a six we beat parkside by four points every point matters and i can't stress that ooh, enough ooh, and ooh. it comes to Go comes dogs. and comes Rough. to be shown especially in that but um the women did well as well um i believe we ended up finishing seventh yes seventh just had just had to make sure um we in the gliac out of 11 teams so they did very well um and i think when you look at the girls side they also showed some grittiness and they they really did a great job overall as well um leading the charge for the women was um excuse me uh, Sydney Kubiak, followed by Callie Delaney, Katrina Drasky, Amelia Topolinsky, and Diana Kendalena 
or candle, excuse me. I don't know why I just coughed for a second. Uh, leading the charge for the women um, to get us a seventh place finish. So well done to cross country. We'll be in action, I believe, two weeks from now. And southern Indiana, a little bit of a long van ride, eight hours on the way down to Evansville um, for our regional championships. So super fun on deck. But anyway, moving on to hockey. We are in action over at St. Thomas this weekend. First night went well. Second night, eh, not, not as so well. Much. Second verse, not the same as the first. Yeah, but I mean, with that, the whole kind of scenario of how it was going for St. Thomas and just the, the way they played, it kind of seemed like it was a perfect opportunity for a bounce-back game considerably. They played us pretty well for the first three periods on Friday. And, I mean, they really just did a great job of – being able to capitalize back on the second game around, and they they really did a great job of putting the puck in the net. Uh, but I mean, we got them the first night. We held them with a great defensive performance. Logan Stein was great in the net. He had 25 saves on 26 shots. You can do the math. That's only one allowed in the net. And I we did a great job on the defensive side. Saw a lot of great highlights from them. And, I mean, right now when you look at this team, like, we're seeing this team improve. And, I mean, obviously dropping a game, um, dropping the Saturday game, like, stunk. I mean, we, we really did had a trouble scoring the puck, and they, they certainly found every nook and cranny um, through our wall of defense. But, I mean, it was kind of a really – it was a really weird game because, I mean, you had, like, 27 penalties in that game and there was so, there was a couple game misconducts. I think Blake Gavinow was like he was put he was taken out of the game I think with um, some sort of a game misconduct. I never heard too much about that, but I mean that's just like a tough situation. I mean going without some of those guys, but I mean the power play kill was pretty much perfect for both sides except we got one. But I mean I mean the story of the game really just they pounded us early on and we just Frankly, we just couldn't catch up. Yeah, not great. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what, like, nice job. That's my official hockey uh, analysis. Uh, yeah, hockey. I'm a sport. Yeah, my sports analysis, in-depth sports analysis, not um, great. I, I think this is kind of scary if you're a fan of the Bulldogs. I mean, uh, St. Thomas was had not won a game before meeting us, um, so... That was kind of sad to give them their first win, yeah. um, but it was exciting to win in overtime. Uh, Liam, Liam McDougal, you know, puts the puts the puck in the back of the net to win in OT. That was pretty cool. We got to hear the call on the radio. Um, we got up there, so that was that was kind of cool. But um, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, the hockey team is. You know, it's the hockey team. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, don't get, know. I get what you mean because it's just like we. It's pretty. St- clear what we need to do and that's just be more disciplined because whenever we give up a lot of penalties it's the games that we lose yep and when we play solid and we play smart and we stay out of the box and then draw penalties we're able to win because frankly we can't get set up when it's five on five when it's five on four we can get set up easy and we can hopefully score a goal we're not super efficient on the chase when it's five on five it's dump and chase we're not super mm -hmm. efficient on the power play but it, when we score more goals on the power play. I mean, when we, we are set up, on I, I feel like we have a chance almost to score like every time. Like there's a yeah. close chance. Yeah, because we've seen it. There's been a lot of plays where it's been tic tac toe, three guys involved in a play, just quick yeah. passes back and forth, and that's what you like to see for hockey. But it's just like we play very sloppy. We play very sloppy more often than not, and that's why we lose a lot of games. And we just kind of pick 
clean that up. And I think once we do and start drawing more penalties, then we give up. Then we're actually going to win a game. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's not a lot of games where we've been able to do Puck that. Puck moves faster than the man itself. Yeah. No, I think that's yep. I think that's a great way to describe. I don't like I I mean going off of your point, Joe. Like the <laughs> what was the yep for? And then Joe and I locked eyes. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's a nice little audio medium. But I like it was. I I understand. I, I like what you said there because I think like I I think like there. It's not just necessarily like oh we've played super duper sloppy. Like responding to the game flow has been something that we've kind of I wouldn't say like struggled with. But you, like we we've let we've let the game dictate our play a lot more times than the other way around. Like we've went with how these games have went. Like St. Thomas went on the offensive aggressive. We kind of backed off a little bit and tried to mm-hmm. and really kind of tried to shut that down. That's really not our game. We've done great on counterattacks, taking advantage of those weird plays where the, the other team makes a huge mistake. I mean, obviously you can go back to Pokey's game winner against Miami. Like that was a dumb play by by their goaltender like just being able to capitalize on those crazy plays and when you're backed up against a corner sometimes especially when you get hit early on like that was that was one of the big things that really killed him on Saturday is just not being able to really take advantage of those kind of opportunities but no I think like this team can definitely um, they can definitely sharpen up a little bit. I mean, granted, they are a younger team, but I mean, there's still there's still a lot of time of season left. I mean, obviously, we're only talking about the sixth game of the season already, and we're going to be playing all the way up until March. So there's a lot of time to figure this out. And I mean, we're going to have some good games coming up. We're going to be at Canisius, um, I believe, on Friday and Saturday, which will be a little bit of a hike. But then we're back at home November 5th and 6th against Minnesota State. Look Ooh. out. That's going to be a tough one. But we knocked out McKay last time we played him at home ice. That is, that is don't true. Him, we played don't pretty forget, solid. people. Yeah. But that's the theatrics. That's the, theatric. yeah, that's the, theatrics. the one thing, though, that's like that, the test, I think, is going to be this: these two games coming up at Canisius if we're able to fix out up those kinks. Because like I think the focus really is just going to be trying to get set up. And that's one thing, too, that I've noticed Like whenever we play is like, when we push down the ice, we don't really do a great job of like securing the puck when we cross the blue line. We kind of, like you said, bear. We dump and chase a lot, and most more often than not, we aren't really able to win those battles against the boards. And then we can't really kick that out to the guys up at the point that can really open up the up the ice a little bit. And I think that's going to be the main focus: is keeping control once you pass it, and stop trying to split the D for, through two guys just trying to go for like a one-on-one with a goalie when that's probably not going to happen. Like nine times out of 10, you're not going to be able to do that. More like 20 times out of 20, you're not going to be able to do that. But it's going to be like, that's the thing that's going to be able to win us games is if we can really be smart with how we handle the puck in the offensive zone because there's a lot of times where we like lose it up against the boards when we shouldn't lose it. There's times where it makes stupid passes where we shouldn't and we kind of like are a little bit lackadaisical from what I've seen. So once we're able to pick that up and stay actually like pressure on the offense while also staying smart with the puck i think that's when we're going to actually see some w's in the column yeah and it's early yeah like, i mean we're, it's, it's, it's what six games in so yeah, far it's yeah. six games in so i mean i'm not i'm not freaking out yeah we like, got what 30 more probably 20 more probably what you, oh yeah what do you mean by that uh, no, anyways, but I'm just yeah. guessing how like yeah, no, the thing. But, like, no, we have for, for three real months though, like, the, no, the to, on a real note, like yeah, I think yes, it's like not great that we're like playing like this so far, but at the same time, like we're young. I feel like we're young. Mm-hmm. We yeah, we are. We're still young. Like, we're we're not, super like I we thought we're have... super young. COVID season, we're like doubly or we were double young. COVID season, now we're like 
regular young. We're still yeah. yeah. We still have a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores on the team. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of like senior presence, which I mean isn't to knock the guys that are seniors right now. It's not like they're doing a bad job of no, being but leaders we're playing, on the team. We're playing teams but that are senior line. Like the whole have, line might be seniors. You had a team like Minnesota State. I think Miami Ohio had a line where four out of the five guys were seniors. Yeah, or at least or a couple going that, to the or, or already yeah. signed. Yeah, to like I mean, the NHL. Have, yeah, yes. Minnesota State. I'm pretty sure has a couple guys who got yes. drafted. Michigan State has a couple guys who got drafted that were coming up against Northern Michigan. They played really well last year during the COVID season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough because we're going to be facing these very, uh, very veteran teams coming up, and we have more of the rookie mindset. But it's just going to be how well are those seniors on the team going to be able to kind of pick it up and be able to play well. Not saying that they're doing a bad job of being leaders on the team right now. It's just when you have such an out, such a, I guess, outweighed amount of uh, underclassmen to upperclassmen, Mm -hmm. it's a very tough thing to overcome, especially when you play those teams who have a very high presence of upperclassmen, who have the experience, who have the abilities, and who have kind of the mindset of being able to be in those games. And that's going to be the one thing that not only that that we have to beat them at, but also all the things going on in the game as well. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, I mean, obviously, just mention, like, the numbers. I mean, seven seniors out of 34 roster players. I mean, that just shows you how young we are right there. But I'm, a lot of these guys that are freshmen and sophomores, they, they're they used to the – they were coming into one of the weirdest transitional years in college sports history with this last year. I mean, some of them didn't play, and, like, they, they could have opted out. There's, there's a lot of different things that went on last year that can – really kind of relate over to that that weird transition of us being like super young but I mean there's still a lot of time I mean we're gonna we're not gonna be like we're not gonna be baiting the horse all over again because I mean there's gonna be there's gonna be chances that we're gonna win games and I mean we've already shown that we've won more games than we have last year hey that's a positive Six games and we've already won two. Like, that's pretty good percentages compared to last year. So I mean, true. right now we're in a good spot. We got to keep it rolling. We're positive in the right ways, not in COVID, but in growth in this team. <laughs> I like how you phrase. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice save. Thanks. Anyway, that was hilarious. Kick Kick save and Wait, Kick that's save soccer. How it's Hey, I like that you mentioned that. Let's go to soccer. There we go. Right, go for it. <laughs> I know how to. I know how to transition. Transition king. All right. Uh, anyway, Friday at home against Purdue Northwest. Uh, as expected, Purdue Northwest Big not dub. the most powerful team. We Wha- took it to him. Whoa, Whoa. Be nice. Sorry. No, you're right. No, we really did. We did beat him like five to one on the road. It was six to zero yeah, on the six road. Zero. Oh yeah, on the road. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we beat him five one on the road. I'm talking oh. about home on oh, Friday. Six home. Yeah, six yeah, nothing. Six Thanks. nothing. That was a great one to cover for the torch. Hey. Just like we mentioned, quick scoring. 30 seconds in, Grace Verhage, boom, set the tone. And that's then, exactly like, what happened. Less than 10 minutes in in the second half, boom. Yeah. Goal. yeah. I mean, this team, I mean, unfortunately, like we can cover this one, but they ended up having to go while a football team was playing. Yep. Um, they did go up to Michigan Tech, and they, you know, obviously we got the win 6 nothing, uh versus Purdue Northwest. And Coach Henson actually was on the radio during halftime talking about yep. this is the season, like this is when – you know, they've had, I think, what, three games, th- two or three games of where they've played kind of softer teams, like yeah. at the middle, bottom of the table he was talking about. And now we're, we had to go play Michigan Tech, who mm-hmm. uh, I think we we beat Michigan Tech here at home. We, but yep, barely. Yeah, that barely. Two to one. Two to barely. one. Yep. It was a shoot, like yeah. pretty much a defensive shootout. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, I mean, these two teams are really good. And then, unfortunately, we go up there to Houghton and, um, we you know, we lose. Uh, and, I mean, you follow the game on Twitter and whatever, but, like, we had chances, and yeah. it kind of well, felt I mean, like a Finley moment all over again. Yeah. 
We just, led them. We led them in shots and shots on goal. Yeah. And it's just you can't really knock a knock that because the Michigan Tech's goalkeeper just played lights out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if yeah. we wanted more goals, we would have placed them in harder, harder to save oper- or spots. But I mean, that's the thing. Now we got to go up against Northwood, who's kind of middle of the table a little bit. Yeah. They're not the they've worst. They've been a problem opponent. though. Like, yeah, that team's been, been pretty to, good. They've been able yeah. to challenge a lot of the good teams in the GLIAC so far, and I think that's going to be a good bounce back game. We're going to be tested. But we're also going to be having a good opportunity to to win and get back to where we were against Purdue Northwest, especially at a at a tough time where we're going to be playing Davenport and then Grand Valley State to close out the season. And I think once we're able to, I think if we are able to play very well against Northwood, which is going to be at home, then we'll be able to kind of have a solid solid pick me up after this first loss, which kind of sucks because we were like one off from tying the all time wins in a row. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean I. Like like I said, like I think we talked about it when the first game against Finley, the first game of the year. Like, okay, this is the wake up call. Like, yeah, all right. And now they went on a tear, and now we're back again here with another wake up call. Mm-hmm. Um, which the snooze it, button finally caught up. Yeah, to the that. snooze button finally caught up. Like you can only hit your alarm so many times before the panic yeah. and anxiety sure injects into your body. We have to get out of bed. Yeah. We're not um, fully panicking, though. Uh, no, up, I'm not. No, wake up, no. With, <laughs> wake up with five minutes left till your class starts. You yeah, just like that's scary. That's I mean, but getting ready, like I mean, we've Northwood, then Davenport, and then the you know the big game that's going to decide everything probably is that Grand Valley game. Like we split going down there, so if we can get a win here, if we can get a win, I think we share it with them. I think because they're is that undefeated. That works? I think well, they're undefeated right now. Michigan we, Tech, I think, has two losses. Mm-hmm. So we have one loss in the GLIAC. So if we are able to beat Grand Valley, we'll have the same record. So we'll share the regular yep. season title. But then we go into the tournament. Be a split. And then we'll probably have home home field advantage. But Dang. It, it's, a, it's a lot riding on this Northwood game of how well they're going to play. And if they play solid and they're able to really get a fire going to close out the, these three games of the season very well, then I think we're going to be pretty pretty well set for this uh, Gleak tourney coming up. Yeah, I mean, we had plenty of set-piece tries in the second half and just came up short, and a lot of the times those are what win you games, to so be able to execute those. And, I mean, obviously... I'm, we're gonna have we're gonna have opportunities to bounce back. I mean, they're gonna be a little bit tougher than some of the other um, the other opportunities we've had early in the season, like Barrett mentioned, necessarily with some of the, the lower caliber GLIAC teams um, coming after those games. I mean, like um, just kind of mentioning Saginaw Valley um, and just being able to be come back against Northern, a tougher team, and be able to beat them. This is a pretty much same song, second verse. So yeah. being able to have that ability and bounce back is going to be what's going to be huge and northwood's going to be a tough test on friday and it's certainly going to be a tough one at that but yeah for sure we got to pay the bills when you come back and listen to this nfl and mlb don't miss a beat are you looking for a place to make an impact eagle village could be the place for you with over 53 years of experience of making a difference in the lives of youth there are opportunities to serve today for more information make sure to visit www.eaglevillage.com eagle village where potential source Once again, thanks to our sponsors helping us keep the lights on, helping us, you know, make some great content for you guys. Absolutely. That's, that's what we aim to do. We aim to please over here, but I guess we'll hop right into it. The big debate question. I guess I want to say debate, but just kind of a rant session I'm the about question, to have. We're waiting for the rant from you. MLB, Astros versus Braves, World Series 2021. I hate to see it, but... <laughs> 
I guess it's inevitable that the Astros just make it back to the World Series. Okay, is this your rant? I was waiting. No, I was, are you okay? I was I waiting know, for it. Let me tell you okay. what. Let me tell you what. Okay, because this whole Astros thing, I think they shouldn't even. I'm still not over how badly the MLB dealt with them when they actually cheated to win a World Series. They just got a little slap on the wrist. When Pete, when uh, Pete, I almost said Pete Davidson. When Pete Rose bet on his team, he gets banned for life from baseball, and he only gets brought back whenever there's like a promotional opportunity for the Reds. And that's about it. But the Astros go and they cheat a whole World Series so that way they can get a trophy and they can get rings and they can win a championship for their city. But it's just a fraud. They're a fraudulent team because they just cheated during that whole time. They're not going to win against the Braves. I doubt that they will. I don't think that they are going to, especially if the Braves are able to beat out of the NL, which is so stacked this year. The Astros are not going to be able to win. I don't think so because they can't cheat, so they're not going to be able to win there. And two, also, Atlanta is one of the best, I'd say is one of the best baseball towns in, in America. I think their their fans are going to make it electric whenever they go there. I don't think they're gonna, Atlanta's going to be able to lose while they're in Georgia. But I think Atlanta's going to be able to steal a couple from uh, Houston, but I still can't get over that they're able to just be right there. They're, people will say, like, oh, Astros are still good because they're able to make the World Series. AL was lacking this year. AL was lacking so hard this year. And, I mean, you had the Sox who were all right. They weren't super They weren't super great. They were a good team. They were a, they were a division series championship team that made it out, but they did not have the opportunity or they didn't have the, the talent to make a World Series winning team. I mean, you had the Yankees who just suck in big, big situations. Yankees do suck. If they were, if they, if they were good, they'd be in the World Series right now. They have all the money in the world, and they still can't win. The Houston beat out all the AL, which the AL, like I said, super lacking this year. So it's not even that big of a deal that they made it out. They're not going to be able to beat the Braves. They're going to get beat in six games. Give me a prediction. Give me. Oh, you said six. Six games. It's going to be four two. Four two. Because they're not going to be able to cheat. They're going to steal. They're going to win a cup. They're going to win the the series, or they're going to win the two games that are in Houston. But they're not going to be able to win in Atlanta because they suck. Because they're not going to be able to have a trash can. They're not going to be able to do anything else. They just suck. I hate the Astros. All right, I hate Joe. Rob Manfred too. Rob I, Manfred, I, I, get I out of here. Hate, I do hate Manfred. But Tell us how Joe, you really feel, Joe. I, I think. What if they? And now I'm just hypothetical here. What if this Astros team? Because Braves. Haven't been there since 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you see their team now? Yes, I do see their team now. But I, I feel like there's a way for this team to choke it. And I don't, like, I know they were getting Vietnam flashbacks uh, to when they played the Sox. Or, not the Sox. Uh, what? Actually, never mind. Dodgers? Uh, yes. Red Sox? What are you, what, which game are you, which series are you talking about? Hold on. Uh, okay. Give me a brief moment. You can probably like cut this. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, but I no like this. I, I agree the with Dodgers. Joe. I was talking about the yeah. Dodgers. Okay, that's what that I was the one I, I thought you were talking yeah, about. The Dodgers. Yes, but Continue. they got Vietnam flashbacks. And Joe, I feel like this is going to happen again. But I have no, I have no quarrel with either of these teams. I don't have any. I have, I have no reason. Quarrel, I have no I reason have to quarrel for with the either. Houston Astros because they cheated. I know. And they get a slap on. They don't even get a slap on the wrist. They're just saying, hey, if you do that again, that's going to be your second strike. And three strikes, you're out. Yeah. So that's how baseball basically dealt with them. Question. What? How much of this are you going to watch versus. Okay, I'll put a hypothetical in the air NFL Sunday, baseball, World Series. I watch baseball or football. Communist. (laughs) I'm a 
America's pastime. America's pastime. Listen, I, what's the deal? What's the seven problem? hours of commercial free football starts now. <laughs> what's the problem? I enjoy watching baseball more than I watch than I like football. Mm. Sue me. What's the problem? I'm not suing you. Different strokes for different folks. I don't think I, I personally, as me, I don't think I will probably watch. Now, granted, I haven't even got to watch a ton of football I this year. I would rather watch seven hours of baseball than seven hours of football. Ooh. That is ridiculous. That is how, how could you say that? Here we go. How could, how you, would, how could you say that? Because I like Wait, baseball. In person or on TV? Both. That is Whoa, whoa, that whoa. Is I could ridiculous. watch seven hours of baseball. Wow, okay. I could not. I think that is actually... Because I appreciate a lot of things in the game. I think... I, I, I People never say really it's played. slow. I people played. say it's baseball is slow to watch. It is. But that's just because people don't actually understand and appreciate how hard of a sport it is. Joe, I have ADHD. I can... How can I possibly fathom watching a ball be incorrectly called by <laughs> fat people behind the plate. That is true. That is true. We need umpires need at to least, get fixed. At least I have like Ed Hockley's and his son who are both jacked. Well, Ed Hockley's not in the league. But John Hockley's still is. John Hockley. Yeah. Either way, I will watch the World Series and I will make, I'm going to hope, but I know that Houston is not going to win more than two games. I have no prediction. I mean, wow. Okay, I'll just like. I don't know. How about I this? just still no, can't I'll get over. I'll be contrarian here. How about this? I'll play devil's general, advocate. I'll play devil's I'll play advocate. Devil advocate. Four one gentlemen sweep in favor of the Astros. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> and when they come and win this thing, I'll come on this podcast and Fortnite dance all over you. <laughs> you take the audience on me. Yes. Wow. wow. You are wearing Houston orange right now, though. This was totally planned. <laughs> so, no, uh, I, I will put my stance in this argument. I would not be able to do either. My choice would be to watch a football game followed by a baseball game right after. That would be my preferred. Maybe after I've eaten seven a hours lot, of either. too. Like, I'll get really sleepy watching baseball. I, I just baseball. I don't remember, like, I don't know what happened with me, but, like, I used to enjoy watching baseball, like, all the time. And now, I don't know if it's... If it was... I don't Honestly, know. I could watch like seven hours straight of baseball on TV, but I could spend a whole like if there was like multiple games that, like double headers for MLB that are like you know two seven inning games that last like two or three hours apiece. That would be heaven. Just sitting in the stadium for six hours, seven hours watching yeah. baseball. I, it, now in person, I I could probably do in person. Like genuinely, like if going they had to a, a baseball if they game. had a marathon that was twenty four hours long that you could just watch baseball all day in the stadium. I would go. That's a heartbeat. thing. How's that not a thing? Uh, in a heartbeat. Probably, I don't know. Logistics, money. I would say, a, lot, a lot more people can watch baseball in person because yeah. there's just more stuff going on. Well, there's just, it's the energy. Like, well, I don't yeah. get, and I don't get energy. Like, I will, I don't scream at my television if you I'm watching to, Detroit baseball. You have I will to, you have to, <laughs> I say, when, I say you have to really appreciate the game to be able to watch a whole, a whole game that's televised. Yeah, without like, absolutely. Cha- like, I would, I mean, you could change the channel during like breaks. And like, stuff, I could probably, like, I could probably, I would burst a blood vessel watching the Lions or any NFL if I have money. <clears throat> Not that I do. Wait, gamble. you already haven't? I'm sure I have probably, <laughs> probably had a sports hernia from watching sports hernia. <laughs> probably. Yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute. But I mean, yes, I mean, this is going to be in a very interesting series, I would say for sure. I mean, right now looking at the Braves and the Astros, I mean, two teams that are definitely different from each other. I mean, the Braves have been there a long time, like Bear mentioned. 1999 was the last time. And the Astros were there. Eh, they've been there quite a few times in the last couple of years, obviously, as Joe's pointed out in his rant. But, I mean, still, 
the job that the Braves have done has been fantastic putting this team together. I mean, the young talent has stepped up huge. I mean, remember the the move earlier or made earlier in the season for Eddie Rosario was the difference in this game six. And that like pretty much propelled the Braves into the World Series was Eddie Rosario's three-run homer in the fourth. Like, they made a trade earlier in the year for Pablo Sandoval. That was a terrible mistake by the Cleveland Indians. I'm sorry. Cleveland Guardians, whatever their name is, the Cleveland baseball franchise messed up. Anyway, past that. They have done a great job of putting together this young lineup that's really now shown themselves. I mean, they hadn't gotten over the hump in a long time. And, I mean, they really performed well in this series. I mean, Ozzy Albies was great. Um, Austin Riley has been one of the best young stars coming up in this league. I mean, the trade for Adam Duvall, they've done a great job. And, I mean, right now looking at this series, the Braves did a great job um, shutting down the Excuse me. They did a great job shutting down the Brewers with their pen and their pitching rotation earlier in the NLC or in the NLDS, and then winning the NLCS over the Dodgers in pretty much a slugfest shows they can do it with both ways. The Astros mm-hmm. have definitely shown they want to win with bats. That's what they want to do. They have some aces, but they want to take it to the yard. They want to let guys go. They want to be able to pretty much take the game to. Uh, pretty much a home run fest. They, that's really what they want to do. They want to get Alvarez. They want to get Tucker. They want to get Guriel. They want to get Brantley and a lot and Maldonado as well. They want to let these guys just swing the bat. And that's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how the Braves are gonna claw at this team. Just because I mean the Astros are gonna be looking offensively all day, where the Braves are gonna be seeing how they can provoke that, especially with that staff that did a great job against Milwaukee. And I mean, this is gonna I think this could be a sneaky good series compared to how different these two teams are on paper for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think you that just the, don't want the Astros to win. He just does not want no the words, Astros. No win. words for this matchup. No, Joe just has pure hatred thing. for the here's Astros. The thing. You have Freddie Freeman, who's been an 11-year veteran, who's been able to lead this young Braves team. You have Dansby Swanson, who's just starting to become a good veteran in this league, who's able to lead this team. So you have those two guys who are able to lead these this young team who's able to do it on both sides of the ball. DR note as well. And yes, and they're able to do it on both sides of the ball. Astros, their pitching rotation, what is it right now? Zach Greinke and is even Verlander pitching right now? Verlander's no. out. Verlander yeah. So you have Zach Greinke. That's why. That's why you I can't even. You have Zach Greinke. You have Charlie Morton. Just kidding. You have Zach Greinke. Uh-huh. That's like the Whoa. only person I'm Zach scared Greinke, about. Zach Greinke. He's weird but quirky. Like that's what I'm, back I'm, off my I'm man's. Not doubting I'm that. Kidding. I'm saying that he's their only good pitcher that I think that could shut down this Atlanta Braves offense. That's the only pitcher I think that will actually prove to be one where they're not going to be able to score more more than you know six runs or so. But I think that the Houston offense is much more susceptible to getting shut down and getting in a slump than the than the Atlanta Braves are to be able to get in a slump because they can do it on both sides. They can shut you down on the field, they can shut you down on the on the on with the bats. And I don't think that Astros can shut you shut this Atlanta Braves team down when they ha- when they're out on the defensive side. I think that the only way they're going to beat them is with bats. And I think they can they're much more susceptible to losing the game because that's what they're going to be relying on. End scene. <laughs> Composed. Composed now. Composed. Do you feel better? I do feel better. It's a lot of pent up aggression. 
Praised by a billion. Praised by, Praise by a billion. To the moon. To the moon, to baby. To the moon. To the moon. I mean, this is going to be a fun series for sure. I mean, what a great managerial showdown. Dusty Baker and Ron Washington. How great is that? I love Ron Washington. Baseball comes well, around. Well, Dusty. It? I think both people. Ron Washington is just a historic guy. So yeah. is Dusty. The fun and fun well, guy. His name is Dusty. He's just like a great, like he's an <laughs> infield, both of, both he's of them an are infield like, like mastermind, he's an yeah. infield guru. Both those guys though are like loved managers. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I'm oh you saying. don't like Dusty because his name's Dusty. <laughs> Dusty <laughs> Slander, Dusty Slander. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh boy, spooky, spooky. <laughs> but no, hey. I like Ron Washington more just because I yeah I followed him more. Fun and, and fun go. Like it's Washington win football win. team. It's the Washington football team now. Okay. <laughs> it's Ron Washington football team. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, fun and fun go. Win and windmill. That's Ron Washington, baby. That's what? that's what he is. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get that reference, but I that's like his, it. That's his Twitter bio, I oh, believe. Got but you. yeah, I mean, it makes sense as a third base coach. I mean, it makes sense. But um, uh, with Chloe transitioning the NFL, we do have to say goodbye to Joe as he is going to tear up. I got dodgeball. I am dodgeball game. Dodgeball tonight. What so a flex. Go yeah, root. No big deal. Go root on Joe's IM team if you're in the area. Well, I guess it'll be kind of late. Shout but out PED All Stars. That's our name. That's your name. <laughs> I, did you have to get tested before you participated? I think our name gave it away. Yikes. Yeah. Dude, Ain't surprise drug it. test. You might become the new Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. <laughs> That guy. Please confirm. Please <laughs> confirm. Please confirm. Please confirm. He won't confirm. Okay. Uh, I guess speaking of that game, Cleveland winning 17-14. Uh, I mean, Dearness Johnson, man, he stepped up. He was he was huge, I mean, in that game. I mean, what a what a great story. The comeback kid of really the, the entire week. I think he was one of the best players in the NFL that week. He, he was phenomenal this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the tweets flew out, especially after the game, of after his debut of him. Uh, you know, messaging all these teams and the XFL, uh, the former league uh, that fell apart, but him saying, "Hey, like I just like a tryout." He messaged all the teams, um, and then he finally got a finally got a start, and here he is in the NFL. And uh, the Browns needed it. I mean, that's just a team that basically it was their entire offense of their entire offensive side of the ball was uh, blanketed with injuries. So. Um, for them to come out here, they had Felton and uh, Johnson was their starting running backs as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, Chubbers and uh, Kareem Hunt. So <laughs> it was it was kind of tough to to have that team, but you know, getting the job done and like uh, making his debut, uh, making the most of his debut. Yeah, I mean Denver starting off three zero, lost four straight games. Kind of a little tough to be at Mile High right now. I think we knew. I think we knew they were frauds though. Yeah, the first three wins were against the teams that were winless through week three. Right, so. Giants. Jaguars, Texans, yeah, or not Texans, uh, Jets, Jets. Thank yeah, you. It was it was pretty bad. Though. Um, Jets are still in trouble. I mean, took an absolute beating by New England. Zach Wilson knocked out of the game. Uh, MRI on his knee, likely two to four weeks. Um, and breaking news, actually, the Jets just traded. Wait for it for Joe Flacco again. They're bringing Joe Flacco back in place of Zach Wilson. This is reported oh, by Schefter. For a sixth round pick, my gosh, Joe Flacco era is back in. <laughs> this so, is absolutely so disappointing. Insane. What makes that a viable option? I'm sorry, Mike White was okay, but is it worth a sixth round pick to go get Joe Flacco? You kidding uh, me? I don't. I mean, I, trade for Drew Locke then. Something, Just something along the lines. I mean, it's it's that's terrible to have. I mean, Flacco was good. 
he was good. That's uh, that's the key point. Was, he was good. Was his underlined bold and italicized? Yeah, because it, it, it's that's uh, that's sad to to see a team like that. To you know, a fan base that's been struggling for so long, and then for them to lose their quarterback for uh, who's hopefully the future, and hopefully he's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's. I don't know. Is it worth? Yeah, I don't think it is worth it to answer your question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be a Jets fan at this point. I mean, I we can't say much as our team is coming up soon. But uh, Giants winning twenty five to three over uh, the Panthers. Sam Darnold not great, getting benched in this game. But I mean, at the end of the day, Carolina was slightly fraudulent as well in that category with the Broncos in that first part of the year. Their defense is great. Offense is a question mark. Um, the Tennessee Titans. This I think was the week. Seven headline, demolishing the Chiefs, dismantling Patrick Mahomes. Are right, is it time to panic with the Chiefs? Um. Well, I think I think the question you really have to answer. I think the panic hasn't been so much for the offense. And keep in mind, like the knee for Mahomes, he clears uh, concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think they had his knee was banged up. He got carried off the field yep. or carted off the field. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a pretty ugly hit. Yeah. So it was, I didn't see it, but I, I did see it all over Twitter. I saw that was pretty pretty bad. But I mean, the defense has been a problem all all year. I mean, never has there ever been a defense so bad in a long time uh, in the NFL. And that's like I think they're averaging like seven point six uh, yards per play, Ugh. which is actually abysmal. That's like it's trash. that's terrible. That's terrible. Like. You even talk about it's it's right up there with the the 0 16 uh, Lions and then the uh, the very close to winless Browns. I mean that Ugh. is how bad these teams, how bad this Chiefs defense is playing. But yeah, um, you know, and Mahomes came out and addressed it in the media. He said, you know, this is stuff we have to go through the rough patch, uh, especially after having two years. Like there's going to be uh, a regression to the mean. Like there, something's going to have to come back to earth. So, um, you know. I'm sure Chiefs betters and people who are hopeful making their Super Bowl prediction probably look silly right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to imagine he's going to bounce back. Um, and who knows? The trading deadline is coming up, so maybe they find some pieces. I know they're in like salary cap purgatory right now mm-hmm. with all the money they gave to Mahomes. So yeah, that's a tough part. Yeah, it's going to be tough. This team's going to make changes, and I mean Derrick Henry's been. Pretty much near unstoppable at this point. So you kind of expected that going in with that defense, but the offense not responding. A little, little concerning. But mm-hmm. Green Bay taking care of Washington 24-10. to um, I mean, Rodgers doing Rodgers things. Um, Devontae Adams had a great game, but not sure he'll play on Thursday. Right now in COVID protocol going into their Thursday night game against undefeated Cardinals. Then that could be a big loss for Rodgers, especially going up against Kyler and that Cardinals team. Yeah, and the Cardinals have have been kind of the not the surprise. Uh, they kind of were the surprise last year, um, but with Kyler Murray, like he's probably going to save Cliff Kingsbury's job with uh, yeah. how well he's playing right now because uh, the defense is is all right. I mean, they have some young talent with Isaiah Simmons there, uh, and he's going to be his second year. But I think it's I think it's really going to be interesting to see how Rodgers adjusts to not having Devontae Adams. Like they do actually have. Like some receivers, uh, Malik Taylor. I would love that. Well, I would love Wouldn't to see Malik. See it? I would love to see Malik Taylor uh, get a touchdown. That'd be pretty pretty cool. But um, for the most part, like I mean, you have yes, you have uh, Devontae out, but you still have Jones. You still have Jair Alexander, and you still have a uh, a pretty solid offensive line with David Bakhtiari heading that. So 
I, I think if the win is still going to be a significant win for the Cardinals, but um, the loss is, I mean, you still don't have an excuse to lose. So I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's tough, but you know, it's, it's what it is. COVID protocols. Yeah, it is what it is. And it'll be interesting to see how they adjust. Uh, the Falcons winning over the Dolphins game winner uh, from young way. Great, huge game from Kyle Pitts. And I mean, just kind of going over young talent going off. I mean, Jamar Chase, Phenomenal, forty-one to seventeen. Bengals win over the Ravens. I mean, that young. That's Bengals a legit team, win for the Bengals. That's huge. That yeah. was a absolutely huge win. I yeah. mean, you. I mean, you're looking at Joe Burrow and you're looking at the decisions they made in the draft, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's bad decision, bad decision." And now look where they're at. Yeah, laughing, and the preseason he couldn't catch the, the ball. Yeah, preseason he couldn't catch the ball. Uh, he was telling everyone like, "Oh, the ball looks different. Like it's hard to track, hard to track." And mm-hmm. then they come in here, and now he's. I mean, he's becoming an absolute stud, rookie of the year candidate, rookie of the year candidate right now. I mean, but I mean, and the Bengals don't even have like. I feel like the Bengals are almost ahead of their curve, right? Like they're ahead of schedule of what they expected to be. Yeah. So I mean, when you spent that much money on the defense, I mean, you're kind of expecting what you're seeing right now. Yeah, and that's a good thing. There's a lot of teams that overpay a lot of the time, but um, the Raiders taking care of the Eagles, 33 to 22. What a scoreline that was! But um, speaking of scorelines, Arizona 31 to five over the Texans. That is a scoregami, Barrett, as you mentioned earlier in the show. What is that? The over a thousand unique score in the NFL. I mean, that was the first time a game ended thirty-one to five ever. Yeah, which is the score. Gami has been like a uh, a cult on Twitter. Uh, whenever <laughs> things happen like this, uh, I, I did see as soon as that game ended, though there was Jake Marsh from uh, Pardon My Take, mm-hmm. uh, the you know the podcast on Barstool tweeted it out. He was like, "This is the score, Gami, and this is how many times it's happened, and or this is the most unique score." So it was, it was pretty cool to see. Um, score, Gami's are. I guess that's the only positive thing you can take away from this Texans team right oh now is being part of a score, Gami. Literally, and the Cardinals have solidified themselves as one of the best teams in the NFL for sure. Uh, Tampa Bay taking care of the Bears. Bears have no offense. Tampa Bay has offense. Yeah, that's, that's the, really the it, difference. That's really, it's really tough. I mean, the Bears. I don't know, from getting owned by Aaron Rodgers one week and then having Tom Brady basically celebrate, throw for his 600 touchdown, and then have Mike Evans give the ball away, and then the guy like negotiates. Yeah. It was, it was what crazy. a terrible deal. What a, what a, he got no money out of it, just a, just a jersey and a ball. Yeah. And something to be declared as what was it what did he, what did he say i don't remember i saw so many people on twitter saying like you never negotiate at the stadium like you always just leave your information yeah. at the stadium and walk away i would love for like tom brady to come get it in person that's yeah, what i would want to do like yeah. you know then again <laughs> heat of the moment you also got pressure around you imagine like i don't oh, yeah. i can't remember when the touchdown happened but imagine like the pressure around you like I would leave if I had that ball. Like, oh, yeah. I would leave. See you like, later. I feel like people would just be hounding me uh, or, you know, just anything. Like, I would ask for security detail for it. Yeah, I, I would absolutely. <laughs> that, that would be a very viable option. I mean, the heat of that moment with everybody around you. I mean, I'm sure there are some people tugging like, hey, if he, if he, if he gives it up for I'm, I'm going to rip that out and take it myself. But, yeah. I mean, still, crazy, crazy moment. And Michigan re- re- remains supreme over Ohio State. That's what we learned from that game. Right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana Colts. Yeah, sure. Indianapolis Colts, 30 over San Francisco's 18. Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz winning in the monsoon game. It looked like that looked pretty nasty on yeah, TV. Yeah, it was gross. Rattle um, of running backs, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts remain supreme. And they win on the road at Santa Clara. And, of course, finally, the Lions. Almost. Always is the word to describe this season's games, and it's absolutely killing my self-esteem. We lost 28-19. Ouch. That's all I have to say. Um, so this is... I didn't get to watch the first quarter of this game. I was coming back from work. but Oh, my as, goodness. What did you miss? As, yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw all the clips on Twitter of them doing the trick plays, of doing the onside kick in the first. Like People were freaking out about it. Um, but honestly, when I finally got to watch and sit down and watch the game... Um, we gave up the. I think I I started watching when the drive happened between uh, Stafford through to Van Jefferson uh, in the left corner of the end zone over mm-hmm. Jerry Jacobs. And no like dismissal to Jerry Jacobs. Like for an undrafted free agent that the Lions picked up, he is actually balling out um, and just absolutely made a case. Yeah. For um, you know being a guy who can be in the rotation uh, in the secondary. So uh, Tracy Walker, also another guy who mm-hmm. did phenomenal. He well. Our team actually didn't play bad. And I actually... Not at all. Um, you know, from a guy who actually hated Alex Alonzo or Alizano or... Anzalone, yeah, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Anzalone. He played I, well. He's actually played phenomenal. Like, he's had... he Like, from the past three, I think it was like week three to week seven... Uh, he's had a combined like passer rating of quarterbacks who's he's thrown on like who have thrown mm-hmm. against him has been forty five point eight yeah so he's been phenomenal like uh, I, I also love that we've injected Derek Barnes into the linebacking yes. core because he's actually a baller mm-hmm. so I, I think it just sucks like I don't like Jared Goff anymore like I did no. at the start um, but now Jared Goff like. He just, I don't know, he just makes bonehead mistakes yep. and plays, and it just irritates me. But um, I'm not even excited about us, like, tanking right now, even though we're not even trying to, it seems no, like. we're not. <laughs> like, I don't even, it's a defensive uh, end who's supposed to be projected number one, and I don't want another defensive end. Like, I <laughs> I know, like, the, the Washington football team built around Chase Young, and now they have... Um, who's the other one on the other end? Sweat. Sweat. Like that. Oh, that's that's great. But like, is that winning the games? Yes. Like, are they winning games? No. no. Give me a dynamic playmaker. But I understand. We're not going to get one. We're not. Like, this is the worst year. I've already heard Todd McShay. I've already heard Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah. Excuse me. On podcast, say this is the worst year for a quarterback. Nothing is going to get produced, and that breaks my heart because that's just how the Lions. Yeah, but that's not. I, I can make a counter case that that's not a terrible thing because of where we are with some of our picks. I mean, we've got some stack loads. I mean, obviously the trade with the Rams have given us two in the first thirty, so that's obvious. Or thirty-two, that's obviously a positive. So I mean, the guess a positive out of getting a bad pick is you know the Rams are going to make the playoffs, so they're going to be in that top twenty. They're going to be after the twenty-five pretty much area. That could get, let us roll the dice on somebody, or even later in rounds, I guess, is the really the point. Because I think everybody can speak of it. I'll say it as too. Jared Goff's not the answer for this football team. And I now, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Jared, but he's made bad mistakes. He makes bad mistakes. And I don't know how many times that we saw that yesterday. I mean, just like the play in the red zone has stuck with me ever since that he threw in a triple coverage 
in the yeah. red zone. That's a terrible read. That's not yeah. even close. He missed a touchdown play to Swift. There was so many times where he was just like, wow, that was a good throw. And then he follows it up with a terrible decision. And that just that inconsistency drives me bonkers. And frankly, the guy on the other side really didn't show us that. And that's, I think, why we just just forgot to appreciate him over the years and he what just, he did to he us. He also doesn't, Jared Goff also doesn't feel like Detroit. Like Matthew Stafford feels like Detroit. Like I know yep. we drafted him and stuff like that. He's stuck with the team, but like Jared Goff, like I don't care if he's here for the next, he can have a whole Tom Brady career. I, he will never feel like Detroit to me. Nope. Um, it, it just, yeah, that's, that's what sucks. Trade him to the Jets. So, I'll take Zach Wilson. Yeah? I will. I'll take Zach Wilson. Sure. Like, in a heartbeat. How like, about Joe Flacco? No, I will not take Joe Flacco. That's that's almost like a a crappier version of. Well, now that I think about it, maybe we do want Flacco. No, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it, it, that's that's tough. But it, nevertheless, like you know, we'll, we'll probably I'll probably come back on here in a couple of weeks, and maybe we'll have a better outlook or, or a better picture of what the draft's going to look like because um, it's super early. Yeah, and y- you never know what's like who's going to formulate and who's going to come out like. You know, you just never know. You don't know these things. It's too early. So, but nevertheless, like, I mean, it's Lions football, SOL, same old Lions. But one pride forever. I'm, I will die on a hill for the Lions. Like, I will too. It's a tough road, but we're gonna get there. I mean, yeah, and this is a really bad stat that I found. Goff now has miss or has never won a start under McVeigh. He's 0 for seven against under Dan Campbell, obviously, and he was 0 for seven under in his first game with Jeff Fisher. Yuck. Maybe McVeigh is better at coaching than people realize. Yeah. I think that makes sense. No, it makes sense. He's a fantastic coach, and what he's done, Cooper Cup is one of my best fantasy football draft picks of all time Mm -hmm. in my keeper league. I'm an absolute amazing fantasy football player. Just kidding. I'm I'm very humble. Sneaky good. Uh, I think he's on pace for... I think he's on pace for over 1,300 yards and... Right now, if he keeps the pace, he's at 1,300 yards and 23 touchdowns, I think is what I saw on Twitter. Yo, so, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, nothing but up for the Rams, but excited to see the the analysis on the Saints and the Seahawks, which we'll give you on Wednesday, um, but that should be a pretty fun game. Little little interesting battle. Both teams kind of under expectation so far. So Both teams, very bad defenses. So that is true. We'll probably, probably take the over. and Geno Smith going to bite the W off Jameis Winston? I mean... I think both, like both defense are, are atrocious. So yeah. I mean, you can probably do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be very interesting. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you are on. One of the nine, of course, and make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Ooh, that was a nice pass, um, Barrett. Thank you for coming on the show. And as always, from Joe, we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.